0: On today's show, the Yankees beat the Red Sox. We're going to talk about it. Two games, a sweep. Very nice job in Fenway. Some hijinks. (laughs) Then we're going to talk about the Yankees playing Milwaukee, but not the 2022 Milwaukee Brewers. We're going to go back to 1990 because the Yankees used to play Milwaukee with regularity. So we're going to look back at a game from that stellar year for the Yankees. We have injury updates, and I'm going to defend a Blue Jays player of all things so stay tuned because locked on yankees is next you are locked on yankees your daily new york yankees podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Happy Thursday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gatsoulias. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up button to like our videos and hit the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. So is everyone enjoying the off day? I know I did, which is why I'm recording this at 7.30 p.m. on Thursday. And I know I said I wanted to go live, but I chickened out. I'm just going to tell you right now, I chickened out. So recording this and then posting it on YouTube. I'm kind of annoyed that the Yankees had an off day because they're kind of on a good roll here. But the off day between the Rays series and the Red Sox series didn't seem to affect them. And hopefully this won't. This one won't affect them either. So last night in Fenway, what a weird game. (laughs) The Red Sox are really, I know they're bad. They're in last place. But my goodness, defensively, that play, the Gleiber-Torres Little League home run play, my goodness, the Red Sox were playing like the Bad News Bears, the Keystone Cops, all the bad things that you can think of. It was just unbelievable that that happened the way it did. My goodness. It was fun for us as Yankee fans to witness that. I I stared at my TV in disbelief. Just how? How? <laughs> how? How did that happen? And what about Glaber? What about Glaber? Heating up at the right time. The Yankees need him. The Yankees need a lot of guys. But the Yankees need Glaber Torres because that is a good Guy to have heating up in the number three spot for now until people come back and the lineup is rejiggered. You know, Aaron Judge didn't hit a home run. What a bummer. Actually, that's the funny thing about last night's game. In Tuesday night's game, there were six home runs hit between the two teams. And last night, none. Isn't that always how it works? Yeah. So Nestor Cortez picked up his 10th win of the season only lasted 5 through 65 innings through 65 innings excuse me 65 pitches that would be amazing one run on three hits two walks seven strikeouts zra is a 270 he's the yankees ace really and he did a strange windup when devers was up and i tried imitating it in my den if you didn't see the wind up he kind of swung his leg around and twisted and then delivered the pitch i attempted to do it in my house and i almost fell over and really could have broken something so i advise against trying to imitate nestor cortez if you possibly can um and then he struck out Rafael devers um Yeah, the Yankees did a pretty good job of neutralizing Devers in these two games. He did hit a double last night, but no home runs. As I said yesterday, it was kind of amusing that out of all the home runs that Garrett Cole gave up on Tuesday night, none of them were to Devers. And he struck out two more times last night. And you want to see that. You want to see that from Yankees pitchers to Rafael Devers. Um, It's actually kind of funny The Red Sox hit three doubles last night. Devers was one. Wong was one. Almonte was the other. Trevino and Stanton hit doubles for the Yankees. So they didn't match up there. But the runners in scoring position for the Yankees, they were two for 13. They left nine on base. They couldn't really get anything going against Brian Bayo. I was saying his name wrong yesterday. I apologize. I should know. That B E L L O, when the player is Dominican, is probably, yeah, pronounced Bayo. So I apologize. Now I know how to say his name. And he actually lowered his ERA from a five seven nine to a five one zero in his five innings of work against the Yankees. He didn't give up any earned runs. <laughs> Those three runs that he gave up were the ones that happened during Glaber's little league home run. Struck out six. You know, not a bad game for him. It was kind of annoying. I was not yelling at the TV, but I was just saying, guys, this guy's ERA is close to six. Why can't you do anything against him? And they just couldn't really get anything going against him. So now another milestone last night because Cortez hit 10 wins. Clay Holmes got his 20th save of the season. Now he did give up a run in his one inning of work, but no harm, no foul. Yankees win 5-3. Now, the other thing about last night's game, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and honestly, Red Sox players should have also been complaining about um, home plate umpire Nick Marley's strike zone. He was calling balls that were very clearly strikes. Balls. And he was calling, or pitches, and he was calling pitches that were very clearly balls strikes. He was called, like, he called if I remember correctly, there were at least two pitches that were strikes on Judge higher in the zone that he didn't call, and at least three, maybe four, that were lower than the zone and slightly outside against Judge. And I know that um, Judge had struck out to end, was it the fifth? Can't remember which inning it was. But he did speak to the home plate umpire Between innings, uh, Marley Rivera posted the video, Marley from ESPN, and it looked like Judge had an extended talk with Nick Marley, and then he called the same kind of pitch a strike on him. Now, interestingly enough, Judge and Stanton have never been thrown out of a game. And considering all the balls (laughs) that... Judge gets called against him as strikes because he leads the league in that category. And he has since he started playing because no one knows how to call a strike zone against a six foot seven dude five years into his career. But I digress. Those two guys have never been thrown out of a game. I think that's actually pretty nice. You know, (laughs) good for them because they've had reason to be thrown out of games a couple times and uh, they just never do it. So Yankees win 5-3. They've won four in a row. Um, they've won three series in a row, more more importantly, because as I keep saying, as long as they keep winning series going forward, and speaking of that, they are going to Milwaukee this weekend for a three-game series. Now, Milwaukee is fighting for their playoff lives to, um be a wild card in the NL so Milwaukee does have something to play for and you know they're not exactly going to roll over for the Yankees so in a moment we're actually not going to talk about the 2022 Milwaukee Brewers we're going to go back and talk about the 1990 Milwaukee Brewers but first Bet Online is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts. Bet Online is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. As I said the other day, Bet Online seems to think that Aaron Judge is going to pass Roger Maris. He has 20 more games to do it. He is sitting at 57. He has 20 games to hit five home runs. I think he can do it. And if he hits a couple this weekend, don't be surprised if you see a lot of people at games during this next homestand because they'll want to be there to see him break that record. So if you want to bet on it, Head to the website today, betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked on Yankees your first listen every day. Subscribe now to Locked on Yankees on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you get notified when each episode premieres. So the Yankees and the Brewers don't play often. They used to when Milwaukee was in the American League. And we're going back to 1990 because the Yankees happened to beat the Brewers on my birthday in 1990, August 26th, 1990. And what makes that funny is I've talked about how bad the 1990 Yankees were. They finished way under 500, but August of 1990 was the one month out of the season that they actually finished over 500, And they played 13 games against the Brewers, and they were 7 and 6 against them. In fact, before we go into this game, let's let's talk about this because I thought it was interesting seeing their matchups considering how bad they were because they were bad. This was a bad team. I sat through that season. I don't wish it on anyone. They were 67 and 95. They finished 7th in the AL East because back then there was not a central They played Baltimore 13 times, actually did better than Baltimore, 7-6 in the season series. They were 4-9 against Boston, 6-6 against the California Angels, 2-10 against the White Sox. Wow. 8-5 against Cleveland, 6-7 against Detroit, 4-8 against the Royals, 7-6 against Milwaukee, 6-6 against Minnesota. This is the number. My brother told me about this a few weeks ago. And I couldn't believe it because I couldn't really remember 1990 head to head matchups. But I did remember that the Yankees had trouble against Oakland. 0 for 12. They did not win a single solitary game against Oakland. And not only that, they were outscored 62 to 12. <laughs> they were 9 and 3 against Seattle. That's shocking. How bad was she- Seattle that year? Um, Texas, they were 3 and 9. And against Toronto, they were 5 and 8. So that's, that's an 0 for 12 against Oakland. My goodness. So, yeah, the fact that the Yankees were doing well against Milwaukee is pretty funny. So August 26, 1990 was a Sunday. I had my Sweet 16 the day before. <laughs> so I actually watched this game. And we'll just go through the lineups because you're going to hear some names that you know. Hall of Famers. And people who should be in the Hall of Fame. <clears throat> Okay, for the Milwaukee Brewers, you have Paul Molitor, Mike Felder, Gary Sheffield playing third base, Dave Parker, Robin Yount, Rob Deer, Greg Brock, Charlie O'Brien, Edgar Diaz, and your starting pitcher was Ron Robinson. For the Yankees, Roberto Kelly, Oscar Azokar, Matt Noakes, who was DH that day, Kevin Moss at first, Jesse Barfield in right, Rick Cerrone catching, Jim Leyritz at third. Alvaro Espinosa at shortstop. And Chuck Carey was your starter for the Yankees. <laughs> this is amazing. Now, it doesn't say the weather that day, but the weather for my Sweet 16 was really nice. Um, hot enough to go swimming, but none of my friends wanted to go swimming because I didn't invite any guys to my party, did I? It was all my girlfriends, and none of them wanted to get their hair wet, so we didn't get to swim. I got in the pool. No one else got in the pool with me, so... The Yankees scored first. Roberto Kelly led off with a double. Azokar hit a fly ball to left center, but Kelly couldn't advance. But when Matt Noakes was up, he stole third. And Noakes had a productive out. He grounded toward the first base side, which allowed Roberto Kelly to score. Moss hit a single. He steals second. But then Jesse Barfield struck out swinging. Then Milwaukee ties it at 1-1 Rob Deere hit a home run off Chuck Carey (laughs) Chuck Carey in the top of the fourth Dave Parker hit a home run off Chuck Carey it was 2-1 Brewers at that point it was a solo shot obviously Mike Felder hit a home run off Chuck Carey in the top of the sixth another solo shot Brewers are up 3-1 does Chuck Carey think he's Garrett Cole just kidding Garrett Cole Bottom of the eighth, Jesse Barfield hits a home run and Kevin Moss was on base. So they tied the game in the bottom of the eighth against Dan Playsack. I love hearing these names and seeing these names. It's so much fun. So Lee Guterman came into the game for the Yankees in the top of the ninth. And he lasted through the top of the 11th which set up the bottom of the 11th for the Yankees. Jesse Barfield walked. Rick Cerrone hit a sacrifice right in front of home, which allowed Barfield to get to second. They intentionally walked Jim Lairitz. Wayne Tollison uh, grounded out. Barfield made it to third. Lairitz to second. And then Steve Sachs, <laughs> Steve Sachs hit a single. Yankees win 4-3. <laughs> I remember watching that with my dad on that Sunday afternoon. In August of 1990. Yeah, the Yankees, it's so funny thinking back to the days when the Brewers were were in the AL, the Astros were in the NL, and there was no Central, there was no wild card. Things were so different. And now, there's so many ways for teams to make the playoffs now. Because everyone always talks about the Yankees in the 80s and... Oh, they never made the playoffs. and uh, They could have made the playoffs if there was a wild card. There were probably a couple of seasons where they could have done that. I think 85, they definitely could have, right? Because I think Toronto just finished ahead of them. So yeah, Yankees-Brewers. We'll do a full preview of the series tomorrow. But I wanted to go back and look at that because I love hearing names. You know, Paul Molitor, right? Robin Yount. Unbelievable. No Don Mattingly because back issues. And uh, yeah, 22 22 years ago. 32 years ago. Did I say 22 years ago? 32 years ago. Do you know that meme where they say, I think 1990 was 10 years ago? I just totally did that. 32 years ago. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm probably going to get comments on YouTube saying um 1990s 32 years ago I know this I graduated high school 30 years ago oh my goodness I'm so sorry anyway (laughs) in a moment we will have injury updates because there are some some guys will be pitching in different levels of the minor leagues and other guys will be with the Yankees this weekend In Milwaukee. And we're also going to talk about something that involves Alejandro Kirk of all people, but it's something I feel like I need to talk about. It's baseball related and he's an opponent of the Yankees. You know, Yankees play the Blue Jays all the time. So that's coming up in just a moment. Okay. Injury updates. Luis Severino pitching with Scranton. Zach Britton pitching with Scranton. Aroldis Chapman going to be in Milwaukee. Um, I'm excited about Severino. That's a big boost. Zach Britton coming back from his surgery this soon is really unbelievable. Like, really unbelievable. Harrison Bader, um, still with Somerset, doing okay. Not sure when exactly he's coming back, but it shouldn't be too long. Matt Carpenter, I don't think, I think he's not healing the way they want him to, and he's going to have another set of... X-rays on the 20th. Now, he didn't re-aggravate anything. Like, it wasn't anything like that. But it's just not healing the way that they want him to. So, yeah. Scott Efros threw a bullpen session the other day at Fenway. He's going to face live hitters tomorrow at Milwaukee. And those hitters include Anthony Rizzo who seems to be closer to coming back. They're expecting him to come back this series. Maybe Sunday. Maybe Sunday. So don't be surprised if you see him before the off day. But, you know, you never know. Now, LeMayhew is planning on trying to return next week. Maybe, like, even a week from now. So... Maybe in time for the four-game series against the Red Sox. But they're thinking that he could ramp up his on-field activity this weekend in Milwaukee. So that'll be a good boost for the lineup as well. As I said, Aroldis Chapman, he'll be back with the team in Milwaukee. He'll be activated. Carpenter, right. September 20th, I was right. I read that earlier. I just wanted to make sure that the date was right. Um, they were hoping that he would be closer to baseball activity by now, but he's not. Um, and a recent x-ray showed that the bone is actually healing, but they're going to do another set of images on the 20th. And, uh, Miguel Castro still with Somerset. Oh, and I forgot all about Albert Abreu. Albert Abreu, they're expecting him late September. So... The Yankees are kind of hitting a stride right now, which is great. And I know people are going to say, well, it was the Twins and then the Red Sox, but they did beat up on the Rays. Um, You know, the Rays and the Jays were exchanging wins and losses against each other this week. But it's a good sign. As I said earlier in the show, the Yankees have won three series, and that's what you need them to do for the rest of the season. And, you know, win the division with comfort. (laughs) And I don't think they have a chance to catch the Astros in home field advantage. What are you going to do about that? But, you know, no wild card. That's great. Let's keep that going, guys, because uh, I've had enough of the wild card. It's just not fun. I'd rather the Yankees be in a division series against whomever wins the wild card. And speaking of that, there was a tweet from a guy who ended up deleting his account because he was basically body-shaming Alejandro Kirk. And Alec Manoa took issue with that on Twitter. Now, I've mentioned Alec Manoa on the show. He had some words with Garrett Cole a couple of weeks ago. He's had words with Luis Severino. He likes to run his mouth, but in this case, he had every right to. This person basically was saying that It's bad for kids to see someone like Alejandro Kirk playing baseball and that he should be in better shape. I think the good thing about baseball is that you have guys like Alejandro Kirk playing baseball and being good at it. Not everyone has to look like Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton. They don't have to be these tall, chiseled dudes or even Joey Gallo. They can be short like Altuve, and they can be built like a fire hydrant, like Alejandro Kirk. And I'm not saying that in a disparaging way. I'm saying it in... in an affectionate way. Like, he really is. When you see him running the bases, you're like, wow. It's like looking at Daniel Vogelbeck. You don't expect him to run as fast as he does, but he does. Alejandro Kirk runs his ass off. He plays... He's a catcher. And this guy is making it seem like... You know, he runs the bases. He has to be given oxygen after every game. You know, I have news for you, sir. There are skinny people who are out of shape and heavier people who are in shape. I do Peloton, although I haven't since I got COVID because I'm exhausted. Um, I did 10 minutes the other night and I thought I was going to die. Lizzo had a class with her music and she showed up and got on the bike and was singing while she was on the bike, pedaling. It doesn't matter the size of a person. You don't know who's healthy and who's not. Someone overweight can be healthy. Like, I don't (laughs) So Alec Manoa took issue with this guy. A lot of people took issue with this guy. I even said something about it. And then he blew up his account. He deleted his account and disappeared. But that's the beauty of baseball. Anyone can play baseball. Like, if you're good at baseball, it doesn't matter what size you are. Tall, small, skinny, Overweight. Look at Chris Sale. He looks like he can blow over in the wind. But when he's not cutting himself with scissors and other stuff that he does, he's a good pitcher. (laughs) You know, Jose Altuve. There's no reason for that man to be as good as he is. And he's one of the best players in baseball at 5'5", or whatever he is. I think he claims to be 5'6". I don't think he is. I think he's lying. No offense, but I'm 5'9". And when I see guys at the plate who claim to be 59, I always give them the side eye because you know, you know how athletes are. They usually bump things up a little bit. Old school wrestling. They always said that Andre the Giant was like seven foot four. He wasn't seven foot four. I literally stood next to the man at Madison Square Garden in 1987. He was not seven4. He was big, and he had a head the size of a freaking 19-inch TV. Man, he really did. His head was enormous, but he was not seven foot four. (laughs) So that's, yeah, don't come after Alejandro Kirk. And this is a person who actually, I think, is Canadian and writes about sports in Canada and works for a radio station in Canada. And he was saying this stuff about Kirk. Kirk is an all-star. He's a pesky player. I don't like when he plays against the Yankees. I feel like he always does something good against the Yankees, but I had to defend him because that was really annoying. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. My goodness. And, you know, good for Alec Manoa sticking up for his teammate and his battery mate, you know? It's just ridiculous. So, yeah, once again, I'll say it again. That's the beauty of baseball. Doesn't matter your size. Anyone can play. Anyone can be good. It doesn't matter. And Alejandro Kirk is a good player. He doesn't need to lose weight. And if he does end up losing weight, he feels like losing weight. It's something he wants to do. Fine. But maybe he won't. CeCe Sabathia always joked about the fact that he preferred to pitch while he was overweight because he pitched better when he was overweight. And then he ended up losing the weight after he retired. You could play baseball. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) You have to be able to see the ball. You know, and especially these days when guys are throwing 99, like it's nothing. (laughs) You see guys ramping up to 103. It's kind of hard to swing at a bat. All these guys are very talented, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, tomorrow, preview of the Milwaukee series. And any other injury updates that we have? Because if anything happens tonight, we'll let you know tomorrow. And, uh, yeah... That is it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like, that's hitting the thumbs up, comment, and click the bell so you know when our videos go up. And now that you've made us your first listen, how about making your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate this podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We'd really appreciate it. We're inching ever so closely to... 1,400 YouTube subscribers. So if you can go and do that, that'd be great. So enjoy your Thursday, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow.